Good morning. My name is Sam and this is my helper Ruth for testimony or story time today. So if you have something to share, small, big, or anywhere in between, I see Jackie's ready, so I'm coming to her, of where you've seen God. Here, let me get you the... I see God and my friend Jaden Delorg. He's um he creates his own Wiggles music videos. You you guys probably heard if you if you guys are on YouTube, you probably watched his Wiggles music videos a lot. And I see God in him because he's one of my best friends. And he told me for my birthday this year, he's going to make a Wiggles music video of him singing my favorite Wiggles song in the world, Five Little Ducks. And that's where I see God. I see God in my friend Jaden Delorg because he is handsome. All right. Thank you, Jackie. That's awesome. I'm sure we have a few other Wiggles fans in here. Looking at Andrew. Five little ducks. Five little ducks. My favorite wiggle song is Fruit Salad. <laughs> Have you got you guys know that one? Fruit salad. Yummy yummy. No? Yeah, it's not it's pretty terrible. Um last Sunday. Uh, Carmel was able to come and she was feeling a bit better, but the night before, I don't know where to look, I'm standing here, um, Jessica, who, who comes, he, I'm not going to point you out, Jessica, who's here, she had a dream about Carmel and I, and, and she has never met Carmel, and it was a dream of vibrancy and of wholeness and of life for, for Carmel. And that dream is not our current reality, you know, but, but it, it was this picture of something more, right, than what is currently. And, um, and so we're kind of sort of receiving that dream as this sort of marker of greater ex, um, expectancy of just God's love to meet us, where currently where we're at is not that. You know, we're seeing signs of it, and last week was an indicator of it. Um, but this week has been a really rough week for breathing for, for my wife. Um, but Jessica emailed me the dream. She, she got to share it live with Carmel, and then she emailed me the dream. And um, it, it's one of those ones when I, I feel like that dream um, challenges my trust, you know, and, and like what this, this future picture that, is, that, not, that, that isn't. And so I remember the story of um, Abraham getting some communication from God and talking about Abraham's future that wasn't current. And they had to wait for it for a long time. And so it's sort of like in that waiting, what do you do? You know, and so you trust and you receive love from people and you love people and, and all of that. But I saw God in that dream that is challenging me to not resign to the reality of like, yeah, maybe all that, but to believe for, um, to say, okay, okay, God, yeah, 
will take hold of that picture and treasure it of flourishing. So yeah, that's what I was going to share. So I was so, I was so excited that one, Jessica was willing to share it and not to be intimidated by, um, by sharing it. And so I know that it encouraged Carmel. It has encouraged and challenged me. And I thought I'd share it with you guys too. And so maybe you're, maybe you're having interesting dreams as well. So there you go. Thanks for sharing, Bo. And God, we pray that you are with Carmel and Bo in the waiting and with anybody who's in the waiting in this, this phase of life. So thank you, amen. Anybody else? Hi, I'm Dan. I got uh, two things. Uh, first, I want to thank uh, Derek uh, for liberating some fairies in, in our space here. Your guitar is throwing off, as Sharon calls it, playful light. And we're seeing fairies dancing all around. And uh, I just feel blessed to, to be sitting here, at least. <laughs> Second thing is, uh, last week, uh, Nate told us, uh, invited us to take some time at the end of the message to, to hear from God and uh, listen to God. And almost immediately, uh, the Lord spoke to me. It's part, I'm not going to go into the details because it, it's part of a long conversation that's been going on for about two years. And, um, but uh, I, I, that Saturday, uh, a week ago, uh, was one of my, our worst, our worst experience in 70 years making a major purchase. It was awful. And I was just in a very bad place, and then the Lord spoke to me, and and um, and so it's it's really I just want to encourage you that uh, to listen to God because most of the times when God speaks to me, it's it's you know we have daily times of prayer and worship and Bible reading. Usually it's not there. Uh, sometimes sometimes yes, but usually it's in the unexpected places. And, you know, I didn't know Nate was going to pull that on us last week. And, you know, and so I wasn't in prepared and, you know, but boom, you know, the Lord spoke. So I want to encourage you to be listening and ready. Uh, and, and it could happen at some of the strangest moments you can imagine. And um, just want to encourage you in that. Thank you, Dan. Anybody else? All right, thanks everybody. All right, how about everyone stand up? Once again, if you wanna sit down, you can. Um, one last song here. Uh, this is a song that was played last, last week and I, I really enjoyed it. So if I can find Stop for the one. Lost 
Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to Genesis. My name is Seth, and uh, my daughter and I have been challenging each other to do some things we would do if we weren't so worried what other people think about us. That was on my list. <laughs> uh, please take a moment. I'm going to do announcements. Please take a moment to let us know you're here by either filling out the digital connection card on the website or there's a physical green card in the pew in front of you. If you are new to Genesis, welcome. We are glad you're here. And you can text one word new to Genesis to the number 94000. That lets us know you're here and we can communicate with you a little bit. Uh, you can place the physical green card in the wooden box at the back of the sanctuary. It's right outside the doors. And this is also where you can place your offering if you've brought it with you. Thank you to all who also give online and through text. Uh, we have a donation opportunity on May 21st. Um, Joy Thrift is our newest compassion partner. They are, are a Christian resale store in Hamtramck. And this is what they say about Hamtramck. Hamtramck is a unique city. They say it is the world in two square miles because it is a small square city surrounded by Detroit with residents who immigrated here from all over the world. Many don't know it is the most densely populated city in Michigan. Around 47% of the population falls below the national poverty line in Hamtramck, and many walk because they can't afford vehicles. So on May 21st, and probably this Saturday before, but we'll have more information coming about doing a drop-off on the Saturday before, but definitely also on the Sunday, May 21st, um, we're collecting decent, gently used items that you wouldn't mind parting with and donating to Joy Thrift. Um, I'm not sure if there's a list up here of what they're accepting. It's kind of a long list, but um, they're accepting quite a few things. I'm just going to run through the list. Clothing items, shoes, accessories, housewares, home goods and decor, collectibles, multimedia. So that could be DVD, Blu-ray, CD, VHS, video games, small electrical items, linens, small furniture, but please email a photo before donating uh, the furniture so they can confirm the size, tools, toys and games. So that's a whole lot of things. Here are some things they don't take. So this is a little bit shorter list, but good to know. Large furniture, infant carriers and cribs, large appliances, mattresses, exercise equipment, items over 50 pounds, perishable or out-of-date food items. No out-of-date food items, please. I didn't see that on the list when I, when I read over this. So those are the no, that's the no list. Um, but yeah, so that's May 21st, and like I said, probably the Saturday before, but we'll have more info coming on that. Um, we are doing family camping at Camp Lale, May 26th to 29th, 2023. I just read the 2023 because it's on here, but of course that's the year I'm talking about. Uh, first come, first served on cabins. So bring your own bedding and personal items. You provide food, beverages, tableware, pots, pans, utensils, and grill. Think rustic camping, but with electricity. Um, there are canoes, kayaks, and life jackets available, along with many other outdoor activities. Please feel free to join for the whole weekend, a few days, or whatever works well with your schedule. So if you can't make it the whole weekend, you can just come part of the time. If you don't camp, 
like my family. There's a first time for everything, but probably not this. This is probably not that time. Um, you can come up just for the day on Saturday, May 27th. 1 p.m. we will be having a potluck at the camp. So bring your own meat and a dish to pass. So that means you can bring meat to grill, and there will be grilling stuff there, and bring a dish to pass. So just come up for the potluck if you can't camp. It would be great to have you there. That's probably what my family will be doing. Um, and lastly, we are eating together today. So please plan to stay, and we will be taking communion together at the meal around the tables um, in the South Hall. We brought food. A lot of people here brought food. If you did not bring food, like I have often done, please come and eat. There's always plenty anyway. Um, and that's it. So middle school can go, and I think that's the only kids I need to release is middle school. And um, let's have a connection time. So if you're willing, stand up, say hi to somebody near you, and uh, let's just fellowship with each other for a minute.
Good morning. Welcome again. So glad you're here. I'm Bo, one of the pastors here. This beautiful day here in May. It's been a really good morning. I was our our resident worship leader Andrew up here was worshiping. I don't think I had a chance to see Charlie worshiping with him. That's his his nephew. And that when Andrew yells hallelujah, Charlie yells hallelujah. And when he dances. And so just letting Andrew know that he's discipling Charlie. Right? Isn't that just the coolest Thing. So I was like, man, you are discipling your nephew. And so for all of us, we want to be people who are um, helping to shape each other in the likeness of Jesus. And so you know that Andrew, Ben, you are doing that, and then um, you're our hero. We want to we wanna do that too for our nieces and nephews and little brothers and little sisters and to shape them um, in the likeness of Jesus. So well done. So this weekend has been one about equipping one of our pillars here kind of one of the things that we do at genesis is that we try we long for us to be we call it calling but it's really discipleship being shaped in the likeness of jesus of understanding our destiny and being able to move into it and that destiny can be a really scary word like if there's like some way 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 future big idea and it's just about really walking in the in the what walking in the life of god right now and being able to follow God's lead and step into the things that God's inviting us to today. And with that, ex- that expectancy of that we're gonna be invited into today and tomorrow. And so we've had a really fun weekend. We've had Hannah and Alex Absalom with us and they've been doing some training and encouragement for us to help us to identify our calling. And they're gonna be teaching this morning. They, um, they're, they're British. So they missed out on the coronation yesterday I mean, the king wanted them there, but they had already committed here. They said yes to Genesis and Royal Oak, but they had left um, that area a long time ago. They, they find themselves in Long Beach, California. Um, they do a lot of equipping and encouraging uh, in the church and home churches and, 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 on, and on all over. They've been uh, an encouragement to me. I've been um, coached and equipped through them and had a lot of conversations. And we kind of known since before COVID hit, they were kind of going to come in and hang out with us for a weekend. And it's been so good to have them here. They've got three boys that are, that are mostly grown, right? But adults and that, and they've been following Jesus for, for, for many years. Um, and so we're excited to have both Hannah and Alex Absalom, and they're going to share with us. We're, fo- we're teaching, we, we follow a set plan of scriptures that a number of churches do from the Revised Common Lectionary. It's just a set plan of a pattern that flows through the cycle of the church. And so I was like, Hannah and Alex, would you guys be willing to teach on that text this morning? And they're like, absolutely. And um, as you hear the text that is set for the church globally, I think you'll be like, okay, yeah, this was, this was meant for us and it was meant for them to be here, um, that our, ex, our expectancy of the good work of God would increase. So I'm so glad that they're here um, to share with us this morning. So Hannah and Alex, thank you so much. Thank you. 
I appreciate you guys, and we are, we're ready to learn. We're ready to receive. We're ready to be, um, to listen. We're ready to experience. So God, may our minds and our hearts be opened to you. You are a good teacher. You are a good father, and you are with us. And so give us eyes and ears, eyes that see, ears that hear, spirits that perceive and welcome. So thank you for my friends here who've been coming to serve. And Lord, would you bless them as they give of the overflow of their lives. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Bo. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Try that again. Good morning, everyone. Uh, okay, nice to be here with you. Uh, we, we've uh, known about you for a long time, actually. So Bo and I in particular have been friends for a, a number of years and having lots of conversations. Uh, and so it's a real pleasure to at last be here. We were going to be here in April 2020. So something got in the way, apparently, around that time. That kind of messed it all up. But we're here now. So over to you. Yes, yeah, so it was 16 years ago that we made that jump across the pond from the UK to the US and quickly that we felt the, the Lord's calling on us. We came with our three who were then little boys, but we felt this call on our whole family, not just Alex or not just even the two of us, but on us as a family to be this family of missionaries to the US. And so now, what, 16 years later, our little boys are not little anymore. And we've got a photo up here. And slowly I'm adding some women to the family, which is terribly exciting. So um, I think there's a special place in heaven for mothers of multiple boys is all I can say. <laughs> so these women, so uh, on the right is our middle son, Samuel, who got married to Jilly last summer. That was so exciting. And then a couple of weekends ago, our eldest son in the middle with the red hair, he got married, uh, he got married, he got engaged to Becca. So that was wonderful. And then Thank, Thank you, you very much. <laughs> and then not to leave out our younger size, he turned 21 the other week as well. So we're celebrating. But um, we, so as Bo said, we, we live in the Long Beach area in California, which of course is, there's lots of uh, movies and stuff made there. And our, our eldest son, Joel, he loves that sort of industry, feels called that sort of place. So the other day he was, um, he had, an, he had a, a part in a, in a, in a, um, Thank you. Commercial, losing the word, commercial for the Women's Soccer World Cup. So he was filming this, uh, this part. And as he arrived on set, he, his attention was drawn to the security guard in the, in the parking lot. And just as a sort of step out of the story for a moment, sometimes the Lord catches your attention he, with a certain person or a certain thing. And then we need to say, okay, God, what is it? Why are you drawing my attention to that thing? Because sometimes he wants to, us to do something. So in this case, Joel felt the Lord saying, you need to go and talk with him. But it was in a rush. So he said, Lord, if that is you, if you need me to talk with him, may he be there at the end when I'm done with this filming. So he did the filming and yes, he was still there. So he went up to him and he started chatting about you know, who knows what, something or other. And then eventually he just said, I've, I've just got a question to ask, are you spiritual at all? And he said, no. However, my grandmother is, and she and I have been talking and having these conversations, and I'm, I'm interested. So Joel just said, hey, I'd love to pray for you. Would that be okay right now? And he's going, sure. So Joel prayed for him in that moment in the parking lot, and he said, Holy Spirit, just come and just come and fall on whatever his name was. 
And uh, after 30 seconds, a minute, whatever, he said, how are you feeling? And this guy said, I feel so good. In fact, uh, all day I've had this backache. And the moment you came up and started talking to me, my backache disappeared and it's not come back since we've been having this conversation, this interaction. So Joel explained how God loves to heal. And, um, and then he shared about the difference that Jesus has made in his life and uh, shared about some of the gospel, the deep, the difference that Jesus can make. And um, he said, hey, if you want uh, Jesus coming in your life and just giving you access to this peace and this fullness of life and stuff like that, then you, you can pray right now and you can have Jesus come to live in your life. And he's like, sure. So Joel prays with him in the parking lot to receive salvation. And this guy comes to faith and he said, this was the week leading up to Easter. And he said, okay, my grandmother's been asking me to go to church with her. So I'm going to go this Easter. So it was just such an exciting moment of, he, he texted us all, we were all in different places. And he texted and said, guess what? This filming this commercial was amazing. But you know, just, just seeing this person come alive as he invited Jesus into his life was amazing. So today what we want to talk about is um, faith in this incredible God who we follow, who is the way and the truth and the life. Um, and and it's, it's, it's incredible that he wants to invite us into this life of pursuing him, of following him. And he wants to do incredible signs and wonders, the naturally supernatural things that we're going to explain through us in his name and for his glory. And, um, and the thing that we have to press into sometimes, particularly when life gets a bit tough, is uh, we need to have a persistent expectancy. We need to have this solid faith in who God is, but we need to have this persistence in uh, that God is good and he's working things together for all of our good. So I'm going to read a passage. I'm going to read from John 14 verses 1 to 14, and we're going to particularly concentrate, I'm going to read it all, it's quite a long passage, but we're particularly focusing on those last three verses of this passage. So it says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you for such a long time? Anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am the Father and the Father is in me, or at least, at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. 
you may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. So uh, back in the Psalm, Psalm 77, 14, it says this, you are the God who performs miracles, you display your powers among the peoples. So this is the God we worship. God's nature, God's desire is to do miraculous things in the lives of his people, the lives of those who love him and seek to follow him. And Jesus tells us in this passage, this, this extraordinary statement towards, I don't know if you caught it when Hannah's reading that. He says, uh, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing and they will do even greater things than these. He says, because I'm going to Father, I will do whatever you ask in my name. You may ask me for anything in my name. So Jesus says it three times, this extraordinary promise. Uh, and he, he's saying that by faith in him, you and I, as followers of Jesus, all of us, we can do these greater things. So then the question becomes, well, what are the greater things? Well, clearly it's not about the cross, because that was a once and for all. So it's, it's to do with this miraculous lifestyle that Jesus lived. And it's, and it's also going to be more than simply the number of miracles, because quite clearly billions of Christians who follow Jesus, if you cumulatively add up the miraculous things God's done through, believers down the years it's going to be more than what jesus did in three years on the earth so it means something different to that um so here's a quote from a guy an early church leader called augustine augustine of hippo he was reflecting on the passage and he said this but what then are those greater works was it that their very shadow as they themselves passed by healed the sick for it is a mightier thing for a shadow than for a hem of a garment to possess the power of healing the one work was done by Christ himself, the other by them, and yet it was he that did both. And so what Jesus seems to be saying, and Augustine's reflecting on here, is stop restricting your vision. You can do extraordinary things as you walk with Jesus, things beyond that anything that you've even imagined or dreamt up or thought of up to now. Uh, he, he's giving this invitation. We get to ask God for outrageous things that are going to bring God glory and some might be small in scale but great in intensity some might be grand in scale and great in intensity Uh, but sometimes these greater things are going to be really unusual let me give you a quick illustration Uh, I got to go to Russia in the early 1990s just after communism fell and got to help teach in a bible school in rural Siberia I mean it was a whole trip was crazy so many things happened but uh, one story just to tell you for this time so this was a brand new bunch of believers no one had been a Christian for longer than a year and very hungry and there was this dynamic worship going on and people just like all in for Jesus and we used to do this nightly we were doing teaching a day nightly gatherings people from the city came along and there's this woman came along uh, and not a believer and she's had uh, she had really bad stomach cancer like a big lump sticking out here. She'd had surgery on it before, uh, which had removed the lump, but it had grown back. So she had a huge scar alongside it, as well as uh, and it was quite a crude scar, uh, because the medical services were very basic out there. So she comes along and someone offers to pray with her. She gets prayed with and the whole cancer literally disappeared from her. And not only that, the scar disappeared as well. Uh, and so the place starts freaking out, obviously, because that's quite a dramatic moment. Um, and some of you are just staring at me, like, that is a dramatic moment. That's a cool, that's like, yes, God, fantastic. God does amazing things. And um, uh, she was, so she was super impacted. The next night she comes back, 
uh, having become a Christian, uh, and she brings her surgeon with her as well, because in the day in between, she'd gone to visit her surgeon. And obviously, he was stunned. He's like, where's the scar? Uh, and so he comes along, and he gets saved as well. And that's just a, a, a simple example of some of the greater things that God's people can do. He, God can do beyond what we ask or imagine. Now, that's an example through healing, but we don't restrict it just to healing either. And uh, Jesus, uh, Jesus is so, so secure. Uh, he's very at peace with who he is. He's very happy for his followers to do things that appear to be greater miracles than the ones that he did on earth. So I don't know how you uh, feel when we talk about, you know, when, I mean, when you read the Gospels and you see all the miracles and the amazing things that Jesus did and then the disciples did. And uh, sometimes I think, oh my goodness, that'd be amazing, but that could never happen through me. And I, you might feel the same, but of course it's not about us. It's not, we mustn't restrict, you know, you know what Jesus wants to do through us. He, you know, he, he, he views us and all these different possibilities that, that, that can happen in our life with an incredibly different lens. Uh, so we have this heavenly father who, want, who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. Ephesians 3.20, it says that, and it says, according to his power at work in, in us. And so it's not about your or my goodness. It's not about your or my hard work. It's not about your or my power because we don't have much. It's about his power at work in each one of us. Um, and, and it's through because of him working in us. If we just make ourselves available, I mean, there's no end to what Jesus can do through each one of us. Mm. I think what it is about is the enormity of God's love and God's kindness and God's goodness. He is a God whose love for you and for me and for the people around us is so much more than we've grasped or imagined. Uh, and he's, he, he, one of that great prayer Paul has is, Lord, would you open my eyes to see more of the enormity of your love, more of your goodness, more of your kindness. And as we start to do that, we will step out with boldness. There's a quote I think we've got on the screen here by an Orthodox bishop called Callistos Ware. So if we pop that on the screen uh, and here it comes. So he says this, prayer is to take hold of the moment of opportunity, the decisive moment. Prayer is to practice the sacrament of the present moment. So prayer is closely linked to this day, this day. The devil says to you and me, yesterday or tomorrow, but the Holy Spirit says to us today. In Alice in Wonderland, Alice is told that she can only have jam tomorrow, jam after every day, but never jam today. But prayer means Christ offers you and me jam today <laughs> i know amazing we get the good stuff today i think and the christian version of that is we long for all these things in heaven when we die where we know there's no more pain no more negative tears no more death no more sin no more destruction all, and all the things individual and societal that we hate and oppose that we know those won't be in heaven but we don't have to just wait till heaven when we die jesus says that through him those things are starting to break out in the world around us through Jesus and through Jesus in us. And I think that's important to understand because as we all know, life can be tough. Life can drag us down. There's stories already, we heard a few this morning in the sharing time of, of disappointments and frustrations and having to endure. Uh, and we understand that and we, and we know that. Um, so we need in those times to, to keep the spirit, that the work of the Holy Spirit front and center as well and hold those two things together. There's an image on the screen here of a dandelion and it's almost like a posturing that we need to have, that we need to be like that dandelion seed head. And I think the reason I like this is because it's 
Imagine the wind comes and blows through that seed head and the seeds fly around and scatter. And think of the wind of the Holy Spirit and he's gonna blow and he's gonna pick up you and me. We might just be a little teeny tiny seed head, nothing special by ourselves, but the wind spirit can blow us around. And maybe you land in a field where it's lush and comfortable and that plant easily and spreads through the field. You see those fields of dandelions this time of year, don't you? Um, or maybe you're a dandelion that gets blown into a concrete desert and you just find a little crack and down goes the root, up comes the stalk, the yellow flower comes the seed head and multiplies again. And I think that's a picture of how the Holy Spirit works through us. We get sent lightweight, flexible, low maintenance, but wherever you find yourself, wherever you find yourself, even in that concrete desert, God can do something with you. God can bring his life and God can multiply his kingdom in you and through you. So let's have this bold expectation that Jesus wants to use each one of us and work through each one of us. And you never know what can be transformed, whether it's our workplace or our neighborhood or uh, our city, even our nation. Uh, I don't know whether you know the story of St. Patrick. We celebrate St. Patrick's Day in March. And um, I didn't know much about him. We just read a, a book lately. It's an amazing story, amazing guy. He was a Brit, well, an Eng Englishman. Hooray. <laughs> he was an Englishman. He must be godly. <laughs> although he was sold into slavery. He was sold into slavery in Ireland. And he, so he was a slave in Ireland for several years. But while he was a slave, he became a Christian. And um, so he was, he was toiling away for his master. And one night he has this dream from the Lord. And the dream, basically, the Lord tells him, go to this particular beach, you'll find a boat, and then you can sail back to England and get your freedom. So that's what he does. He goes back to England and he, he um, uh, trains for ministry. He becomes a leader in the church. And he works in the church for several years. And then he has another dream. And this time in this dream, the people of Ireland are crying out to him and saying, come back to us, come back to us. We need to hear this good news that you have to share. And so he chats with the other people in the church and he says, what should I do? And they agreed, this is from the Lord, you need to go, we'll send you with a team. So this team of people go with Patrick who becomes a bishop. They send him as the first missionary bishop to Ireland, he goes back to the place where he was a slave. And uh, they form these communities, these communities of faith, where the poor are served, where it's, it's a center for the community, it's, prayer, it's a, a place, a community of prayer and of worship. But there are signs and wonders that happen. Uh, the spirit flows through them. So there's healing, there's transformation of all these lives, these miracles happen. And over the course of one generation, about a third of Ireland comes to faith in Jesus. And after about three generations, pretty much the whole of Ireland comes to faith in Jesus. So never underestimate what the Lord can do through you if you step out in obedience to what you sense he's calling you to do. So good. So uh, we want to give you a practical uh, handhold for how do, how do each of us, how do I, how do we step into this? And the phrase we want to give you is persistent expectancy. So what I'd like to do is just turn to your neighbor and say, you need some persistent expectancy. So let's do that now. <laughs> so uh, to illustrate this, we're gonna do each of those words in turn. So, so the first word is persistence. So persistence. So in Matthew 17, so, uh, 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 verse 19, uh, this is a little incident happens after the transfiguration, Jesus comes down the mountain, 
the rest of the disciples have tried to cast a demon out of the boy. It hasn't worked. And they go, hey, what's going on? And so here we have um, this story. It says, then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive the demon out? And Jesus replied, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. So what Jesus is saying to them is, you couldn't drive this demon out because you have little faith. You have a limited faith. He says, you'll need a faith that's, that's mustard seed size. Then you could do incredible things. You can move this whole mountain. Um, and I think what Jesus is trying to communicate is this. This little faith, this limited faith, is one that is slight in intensity and short in time. Most of us have a faith that is slight in intensity and short in time. Put positively, flip it on its head, we need a faith that is tenacious and persevering, a faith that has a persistent expectancy embedded deeply into it. Um, and I think what happens is this, we, we try for the healing once, maybe twice we pray, and then we walk away if things don't immediately get transformed. Or maybe you get a bit of pushback for talking about your faith at work or at school or in your neighborhood, then you give up and you just zip your mouth forever more. Or maybe you pray once for that big, hairy, audacious goal. It doesn't happen, so you stop praying for that thing. And the consequence is that our brief faith, slight intensity, short in time, is keeping us from the miracles, the greater things that Jesus wants to do through, through us. You know, um, one of the problems we have is that we live in a culture of immediacy. However, you cannot microwave disciples. We have to learn how to persevere. We have to learn how to persist even when by sight we're not seeing anything. But we're told in scripture to be ones who walk by faith and not by sight. That means we have to learn to have this tenaciousness to hang on in there and to trust that God is going to move through us. So having a small amount of faith is not a problem. You know, you can even have a tiny mustard seed amount of faith. I think the bigger question is, who is our faith in? So is our faith in a God who, is, who loves us, who loves this world more than we do, who wants to make a difference uh, in the places around us, who our God is good and he is always working for, for our good and for the good of those around us, come what may. It's interesting in the Lord's Prayer, one of the lines that Jesus tells us to pray is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Or for you guys, your kingdom come, your will be done in Detroit as in heaven. So if that is our prayer, for us it's Long Beach, uh, if that's our prayer, our hearts is our Lord, bring your kingdom, we need your kingdom, the goodness, the good things that only you can bring into our street, into our neighborhood, into our workplace, into the family, into this, these difficult situations. Bring your kingdom, Lord Jesus. That should be our heart posture and our cry. So let's just pause for a second, about 20 seconds, and let's just bring to mind an area, so whether it's a person or a place, or a situation where you would love to see more of God's kingdom, the good things that Jesus can bring. So let's just pause, pause for a few seconds and just bring that person, place, or situation to mind. And then let's just take 20 seconds just to pray for that person, place, situation, that God's kingdom would come, that he would break in.
the place that we are praying for, for God's kingdom to come. We're praying for specific neighbors by by name. It's our neighborhood where we really feel called to minister and to be the presence and witness of Jesus. And it's been a long, slow process. We moved there almost eight years ago. And um, very slowly, we've been seeing fruit. But we, we've been really intentional in that place. We've sort of been throwing parties. We've been trying to get to know people, build relationships. When opportunities rise, we pray with people. So there's a uh, um, couple of our neighbours, two doors down, lovely couple, Robin and Chieko. And they, um, they uh, a couple of years ago, we were walking the dog. And um, we bumped into Robin. He said his back hurts. So we prayed for his back. And God healed his back. And he had full healing from that point on. And then during COVID, that first Easter of the pandemic, we, we did flyers for the whole street. And we just said, hey, we're going to be starting a Facebook group. We're going to do an Easter egg hunt. We're going to do an Easter service on our front lawn, just trying to reach out and support the community. And um, so we did this Easter service on the front lawn. And uh, various people came, including our neighbor, Checo. And she was a bit, she was very nervous, the pandemic. She had her mask on, on the sidewalk, miles away from everybody else. And um, we said, hey, are you doing all right? She said, actually, no, I've got these, this really bad stomach problem. So I just said, I'd love to pray. Can I pray for you? She's like, sure. So I sort of, you know, from quite a way away, I just said, Lord Jesus, thank you that you love Chieko. Please come and heal her stomach right now in Jesus' name. Amen. And then we carry on with what we're doing. And I had no idea what had happened. But then it was a while later, you were talking with Robin. Yes. So uh, in the second round of COVID, when it came through LA, uh, Robin got COVID. And so we were texting. I said, well, I'll come around and pray for you. So I, like, from a bit of a distance, prayed for him in his backyard. And Jesus healed him, which was amazing. And uh, so he was, he was obviously thrilled about that. And so we were meeting up a little while later after that to have a drink. Uh, we kind of often meet around the fire pit. And as I turn up, uh, Checo comes out of the back of the house to greet me. And Robin's there. And Robin goes to Checo, oh, this is Alex. He is my healer. And then Checo goes, well, but Hannah is my healer. And it turns out when Hannah prayed for her stomach, she got completely healed. And they, they then proceeded to have an argument about which one of Alex or Hannah is the better healer for them in that situation. Never mind the theology. this argument on in the street on other occasions with other neighbors. So, um, and I'm not saying it's not about us, but what I'm saying is that God can do amazing things if you are willing to persevere and to persist in your place of mission. And God can really surprise you if you're willing to be bold and step and out. And slowly we're seeing fruit. And actually, he's come to faith. He has. Just yes. a few, just weeks, a few ago. weeks ago. Yeah. So God will do things, but we have to have that willingness to persevere and to not give up. And the second word we used was expectancy. And on the screen, we've got a scripture from Psalm 5, verse 3. And it says this. In the morning, I lay my request before you and... Wait. Expectantly. Feels almost painful to wait for 10 seconds, doesn't it, in public? God wants us to learn how to come with expectation to him. You know, another word for expectancy is boldness. We are called to be women and men, girls and boys, who have a boldness about us as we follow Jesus. I think one of the benchmarks for boldness we see is in the Acts of the Apostles, at the end of Acts 4. And the context is Peter and John have been put into prison for talking about Jesus, and they're told, don't, don't be bold, stop talking about Jesus. 
So they go back to this amazing prayer meeting where they then pray again for more of the very thing that's just got them into trouble. They say, God, would you give us more boldness? And it ends, I think, Acts 4.31, it says, uh, the place where they were meeting was shaken, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God boldly. We are meant to be ones who operate with great boldness, with great expectancy as we go out into the world. We're told, we are designed to think of it like this. As you go to work this week, as you go to school this week, as you interact with neighbours and friends this week, we're to have a cheerful boldness uh, to talk about our love for Jesus and to represent our love for Jesus. Uh, and I think there needs to be just a kind of a godly confidence, not in a Bible-bashing way, we're not whacking people, but at the same time, most of us, that's not our issue. Most of us, the issue is that we've hidden everything so deeply and darkly that it'd take a kind of super spy to work out that we're Christians in public. We have to learn to be open and to be in a kind of kind, generous, joyful boldness to demonstrate that we are active followers of Jesus, that we, that we carry this expectancy that as we represent Jesus, as we pray with people, as we, as we uh, show, show and talk about him, that God is going to be on the move. So as Alex is talking, we want you to just give yourself a score between one and ten as to how bold you are. Um, so one is like you're never bold, you're quite timid, you never um, do any of this stuff. And ten is, you, yeah, boldness is not an issue, you're stepping out with faith, with boldness, you, you're doing all, this, uh, all these amazing things. So just give yourself a score, you're not going to share it with anybody, it's just for you to think about. And I've got another scripture to read from Luke 4.18, it says... The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free. Now, those are some of the first uh, things that Jesus says at the start of his ministry. He says, this is why I came. This is what I came to do. And if we belong to Jesus, this is part of our mandate too. This is what we should be doing, doing all these different things. So God wants to use you and me to heal the sick. He wants to declare a true identity over a confused generation. I think the heart's cry of most people is, who am I and why am I here? And God wants us to help people discover who that is. Why are we here? Why did God create us? All those amazing works that God prepared in advance for us to do, what are they? Let's speak those over people. He wants to set the captives free. He wants to see precious souls saved for all eternity. He wants to see Detroit transformed. And the amazing thing is, I find it amazing that God could do all of this on his own. But for some crazy reason, he chooses to get us to partner with him. And actually, it's amazing. Once we get over that, that, that you know, what's going to happen? Once we start stepping out in boldness and doing these things, it's, it's amazing. When you, see, when you see God work, when you see people respond, and it's, it's a privilege to, to, to join Jesus in this work of bringing transformation, of bringing his kingdom. So if you think back to that score you gave yourself in terms of boldness a minute ago, and think, okay, what would it take to raise that score by one? It's unrealistic to get to a 10 from a two or a three straight away. But just by one, how, what would it take? So would it mean that next time somebody says, I'm sick, you say, hey, I'd love to pray for you. Can we pray right now? Or would it be that someone who's struggling, you just share your story of how Jesus helped you, how Jesus transformed your life, say, hey, this is what's happened in my life. Maybe this could happen in your life too. 
or maybe you get the opportunity to pray for someone. Maybe some, somebody is about to have something amazing happen, a new baby or a new job or a new house. You'd say, I'd love to pray blessing uh, for you in this new thing. Would that be okay? Or maybe somebody's struggling and you say, I'd love to pray for you that Jesus would come and he would help you because only Jesus can. So just think, okay, what would it take? We, I mean, I want to grow. I want to get better at all this. I, wanna, I want to see more of God's kingdom come. Hmm. So would you like a bit more of that in your life? Would you like to be a bit more persistent and expectant in your life? Okay, I'll try that again because no one said anything. Would you like a bit more of that in your life? A bit more persistent, expectant? All right, let's pray. And shall we take a moment just to pray and ask God to come and do that? Because that's... Now, hopefully we've given you an encouraging talk, but really it's a work of the Spirit. That's what we need. So if you're up for that, why don't we take a moment, why don't we stand together in God's presence and we'll pray and ask him to come and fill us afresh with his Spirit. So as we pause in God's presence again, maybe focus your mind focus your heart upon Jesus. So we pray, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, come and fill each one of us afresh. And you might be thinking of particular people in particular situations. We'd love to see God impact their lives. Places where you will be this week even. You're saying, God, I, I want to represent you there. And I know I can't do it in my own strength because I'll completely mess it up. Lord, I pray for every person in this room now, including myself, Lord, for each of us, that you would fill us afresh with your spirit and you would give us greater boldness for those moments. Some things we can foresee coming, some things are going to surprise us, but we ask for greater boldness that in that moment we can represent you well with all the incredible naturally supernatural resources of heaven. So Lord, give us an expectancy for you to move. Thank you that you want to do greater things through each one of us. Not just through us, ordinary people, but you want to do that. And also, Lord, we pray for that persistence, that ability to persevere. Some of these situations are going to require us to be tenacious and to hold on to you. But Lord, would you give us that perseverance, like the widow knocking on the door of the judge saying, give me justice. Lord, we, we pray that you would give us that persevering spirit as well. Even if it's the thousandth time we've asked, would we... Would we be happy to pray the thousand and month time. So Lord, empower us to be people 
in Paris individually. And Lord, I pray for this church as a community. Lord, may this be a place that's known as a place of persistent expectancy and trust in you. And you would do, you would do greater things through us. Lord, those stories will increase and multiply in the days and the months ahead. To your great glory, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everyone. Do have a seat. And I think we are... They will tell us. I forgot the next bit. <laughs> Sorry, that's my fault. Thank you so much. And so we receive that. One of our markers is that we say our heroes are among us everyday people living like Jesus. Just normal people living like Jesus. And so many of you were here yesterday, they were like encouraging us to, um, to speak words of encouragement, of prophecy, of love upon other people, and then the encouragement in the next two weeks, could you do it seven times? Not as a marking on your belt, not as a weird measurement, but just being like, when our mouths open, we want encouragement to come out. And so I, I love this teaching about this expectancy of, of more. And I love that right before this in John 13, Jesus gives this commandment of saying, love each other as I've loved you. And that looked like sacrificial love. He loved by giving everything. And so this is all an act of love. This is not about anything else. And we're praying for people and having an expectation. We're not trying to prove anything. It doesn't make you any more of a disciple, but you're right. Like you are, you're God's. This is about love and about God's love breaking in and working this world and breaking into my family and breaking into yours. And so may we take hold. May we take it in an attempt, maybe to pray or to respond. I love the story you shared about your son who's at this high moment of finally getting a commercial, kind of a big deal, and yet that was still God's time. Like everything is in, and I, I think we all long to be that. We're not so caught up in whatever moment that we're in that we, don't, that we miss people to be people who would love. I think we want to be like that. And so may that be. And so I really encourage you and us as we, as we do this, um, let our expectancy move us today. And tomorrow, I'm thinking about the gym that I, I go to and I was gifted these shoes that tell the story of expectancy of my life. These shoes talk about a super bloom. These shoes represent the dream that Jessica had for me. These shoes represent God's flourishing in my life. So every time I'm wearing, I'm thinking about them. But I also want to tell people who are there about a God who does this. Um, and just for the sake, I know that they're probably sitting in some hard spots just as I am, but yet with no hope of life coming in deserts. So I don't know, that's, that, that's where it's hitting for me. And I got another chance too. like last year, I'm, I'm, I'm invited to a, a year anniversary. This was a homeless woman whose sister died on the corner of 13 Mile and Woodward. She was hit by a car. 
And um, last year we met, and it was a whole pocket of homeless, of you know, um, people without homes. And um, they're going to do it again on Tuesday at three three p.m. this coming Tuesday. So, if you're around thirteen in Woodward, and you want to come and sit and and pray and just remember um, Jackie, who was killed um, on that corner, uh, come and come and be present if you can. So it might be some spots that you're thinking about too that you can already anticipate. And so may they be filled with expectancy and boldness. So Amanda, I wasn't trying to stall, but it was perfect time. Um, we have done, we're going to be gathering. We're going to go down into South Hall. We're going to eat together. Please stay. We're, uh, Scott is grilling. We're provided um, burgers, hot dogs, and some vegetarian grill items. And just some other food. There's plenty of food. And in the middle of the tables, we're also going to take communion together, just remembering Jesus is with us. We are a part of the family. And Jesus gives us life again and again. We're going to take partake of communion when we're around the tables at, at, at some point. So if you see the juice and the bread in there, I mean, it's okay if you eat it, but we'd rather you not eat it immediately so we can take it together. But so we're going to go down there. And, and a part of that is also celebrating some people who are graduating. We have some graduations from high school. Uh, I believe it's a college graduate and, and also a middle school school graduate. So Amanda is going to come up here and just help us to recognize and celebrate these people. And we have to wait for Scott. And we have to wait for Scott. <laughs> And here, Amanda may have some things to say before anything happens, or do we need to stall? You know, it said, what was that thing about waiting? <laughs> Expectantly that this will come. We have to wait for Scott. I yelled at Chris. Good morning, everyone. Um, for those of you who do not know me, my name is Amanda Hines, and I am a um, Sunday school teacher. Sunday school teacher, and I have I have the privilege of being a Sunday school teacher, and I have taught for maybe twelve, thirteen, a whole bunch. And so today is very emotional for me because the students that are gonna come up here, I've taught them since they were babies. Okay, first, it makes me old. And, but second, there's just this beautiful, this beautiful full circle that comes. And it is an honor and a privilege to be able to teach. Um, my sweet spot is children our children. I couldn't get up here and do what Bo does because that's just a whole different thing. But I want us to remember love. That's the only thing, that's the main thing I try to teach our children is that Father loves us. He loves us and he cares about us. And it's not, it's not, we make it hard. We make it very hard. We think that there's a legalistic thing that we have to, who, can, raise your hand if you were taught that you have to be good in order for God to love you. Yeah, yeah. I was raised in the South and we would pass by those signs that say, 
if Jesus was to come right back, come back right now, would you go to heaven or would you go to hell? Who's seen this? Yeah, yeah. That's not who he is. That's not who he is. We were just talking about today in class how the Bible is in an ark from the beginning to Jesus. And that in the beginning, when Father created everything, he created it perfect. He said it was good so many times, that it was good, it was good. And that there was a relationship that he had with Adam and Eve that he wanted to keep. And we were talking about how when you have a baby and a baby does something bad, they don't know that they're doing something bad, but you are as their parent, lead them and guide them. And that's the relationship that God wanted to have with us. He wanted to be the one that we go to and learn from. But Adam and Eve, you know, thought, hey, this fruit over here will tell me what's good and bad. I can decide for myself. And that therein lies the problem. Because now you know when you do something bad, you're doing it with the full knowledge that it is. And so we were talking about that different conversation of what that relationship was and how he wants us to get back to that kind of relationship with him. And that's all he wants is that relationship with him where we can, we can talk to him and we can go to him with our problems, go to him with our ugly and just feel that grace and that mercy and that love. And it's a beautiful thing. And so that's the thing that I've tried to teach our children, that he loves us and he cares. All of the changing that happens inside of us, he'll do it. Us trying to fix ourselves never goes the right way. It just doesn't, it doesn't. So yeah, that's all I got, thank you. Shame, he can do that. Oh, shame. Flare the dramatic. Okay.
right. If you saw your face, come on up. Come on. Come on. Don't make me come out there and get you because I will. Come on. I will come. This is like full circle for the parents here and for the family ministry team. So we're gonna have Amanda pray for you, offer and pray up a blessing over you. And then after everybody's gonna be released to go and eat, but behind you, pick a bag because the family ministry team put together a gift bag for you guys. Um, we love you. We're proud of you. And Amanda's going to pray. Okay, if there are some of the students in here, if you've been in my class, you've heard me say this. Let me hear it one time. Hallelujah. Okay, I'm going to need you to say that again. Let me hear it one time. Hallelujah. Bonus points if you can tell me what hallelujah means. Raise your hand. Is it praise be to God? Hallelujah! I'm just saying, that's what it means. Hallelujah. When we say hallelujah, it means praise God. Okay, this is very overwhelming. So y'all, let's just turn around like this so you're not looking at everybody. Let's turn around. Turn around. Look, let's look this way. Let's look this way. Okay. Y'all are amazing. Y'all are amazing. Amazing, amazing, y'all are amazing. I am so proud of each and every one of you. I am proud of you. You're gonna step out into the world and there are gonna be times in the world that people in the world do not understand their relationship with Father. And they are going to try to change your view of your relationship with him. No, just remember who he is to you. He loves you. He's anointed you with different gifts. And those gifts are not apart from him. He made you who you are. There are two things that I want you to remember, two, two um, images of Jesus that I want you to remember. One, when the woman was caught in adultery, the law said that she needed to be stoned. Did Jesus stone her? He did not. There's also the Jesus who was with Mary and Martha. And he knew he was going to bring Lazarus back to life. He knew he was. But he still cried with them. Shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. He cried because he feels you. 
He's with you. He understands. He understands and he wants to sit in the pit with you. Those are the two images I want you to always hold on to because God is like Jesus. He's always been like Jesus. We didn't always know it, but now we do. He revealed himself in Jesus. So when, when others talk about this God, who is this God who wants to just pour wrath on you, you know, yeah, that's not him. It's just not him. Just remember you are loved and you are cared for. You're anointed, you're favored. Just amazing. Y'all are amazing. Just like seriously amazing. Let me hear it one more time. Seriously, y'all are amazing. Okay, let me pray. Because y'all know I'm long-winded. Father God, I thank you for... I apologize because that's my phone. It's an alarm. I apologize. Father God, we thank you. We thank you. We bless your holy name. We know you're good. You are a provider. You're our safety. You're our banner, and you see us all. We thank you for the blood that's on the mercy seat for us. Father, I lift these children, your children, up to you. Even though I know you see them, you see every aspect, and you love them, I just pray that you saturate them with your peace and saturate them with your favor. Let people who see them want to bless them. Gather, gather steps. Holy Spirit, always be louder than the lies of the world. Be louder than anxiety. Be louder than depression. I pray that you send people of peace to them, that they're always surrounded with people of peace. And that every mistake Help them find the gold nuggets, the gold pieces out of those mistakes because they're opportunities, opportunities to grow. Father, you said there is therefore no condemnation for those who are called by you. Never let the condemnation and shame ever stick to them. Let no weapon that tries to form against them prosper. Father, I just pray that you just keep them in your hands. Send an army of angels around them with their swords drawn, always ready to battle for them. Father, I pray that you will always allow them to find moments of joy and happiness. And that when trouble comes, that it doesn't crush them, that it doesn't destroy them, that you always send people to breathe on them with love and care. Father, I thank you and I bless your holy name. I pray that you bless them with health and strength and sustainability. Always have, always have your hand on them, Lord. And for their parents, I pray that you ease their fears and their anxieties and give them a peace that surpasses all understanding. We bless your name, Lord. And Father, I ask that I pray for their partners that they will have, 
that they will love them and care for them and that they are also shaped and renewed and reformed and refined as well so that when, when they are together that their union is blessed by you and it honors you we bless your name lord god and we thank you for everything that you've done and everything that you will do and are doing in the name of jesus we pray and holy spirit intercede anything that i've forgotten anything just every aspect all of it father in jesus name we pray amen and let me hear it one more time i mean say it like you mean it you're saying praise god Thank you so much. God bless you. Head on down to South Hall and let's uh, eat together and be sure to congratulate if you know of somebody. Be sure to get a bag.